Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, a very exciting edition of uh, Judd's Hockey Show. July 1st means it's free agency day. Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, Declan Goff, let's get right to it with uh, reactions to what the Wild, the team down the street from us, has done at the X. We'll start with the big name, Matt Zuccarello. The uh, a forward who is a left-handed shot. They want right-handed shots, but he can play his off wing, gets a five-year, $30 million deal. And according to Pierre Lebrun, NHL insider, uh, what it also amounts to is Zuccarello has a full no-move clause, so he cannot be – so he's basically locked and loaded for years one through three. And then a 10-team no-trade list in years four and five. Lindsay, let's start with you your reaction to signing a 32-year-old who is five foot eight. Before I get deep into this, because there are not going to be a lot of positive things said today, at least in reference to the Wild and to a lot of these free agent signings, because most of them are pretty ridiculous, I think Matt Zuccarello is a great player. I think that he's a good fit in the locker room. I think he's incredibly well-respected, which I say a lot about a lot of players, but he's one of those guys where if you Google him, there's videos of like Henrik Lundqvist crying about how much he had meant to that New York Rangers franchise, and I think he's a great addition. But this deal is ridiculously dumb. It's the same exact deal that everybody was really glad that the Wild organization avoided in 2016-2017 when they were looking at David Backus and kicking the tires on him. He signed a deal with the Boston Bruins that is literally the exact same deal they just signed Zuccarello to. He's 32. He's small, which is fine. But the no-movement clause, the, the amount of money, it makes no sense in terms of choosing which direction they were going to go. If anything, this really solidifies like, yep, we're going with the top heavy. And they haven't really left themselves much movement or much wiggle room at all to really make moves in the next couple years just because there's so much cap tied up in those top four players. I really like Zuccarello. Like Lindsay said, he's obviously a very nice, talented, smart player, good playmaker. I just won. We're just confident Eric Stahl is going to pass him the puck, I guess. And and that's okay. And then if if Stahl's hands are broken and slow and, and in quicksand again, so that means Zucker's automatically the shooter who could not find the net last year to save his life. And I'm just trying to figure out, A, where he fits in and where it's a good move to put him on the wild. I don't know who's going to pass him the puck and have him be effective because he's already a playmaker as it is. I mean, he's a wing, but he's not known for his shot. He's just a good playmaker. What's the top line day one? I think Stahl's got to be at center. I think it's Zucker, Stahl, Zuccarello. 
Okay. Yeah, I and think he has that's... injury history too. He broke his arm. Was it his, his arm? arm yeah. More importantly, his concussion history in 2016. He had he got hit in the head with a puck yeah. so bad that after the game he could not speak. That's how bad that concussion was. Yeah, there's so much there's so much crap that's weighing it down. Where the player itself, great. Yeah. But for all of the all of the other stuff, all the stuff that matters, that adds up, that really sets course for this team going forward in the future, it's a, it's a bad decision. To, ba- to backtrack on these points, too, I, I guess here's where my confusion comes in. We uh, talked about this on Judd's Hockey Show last week, and I read the quote from Russo at the draft from Paul Fenton about tall players. And, and he was so happy that all the guys he drafted, I believe – came up to the wild draft table, and Paul would stand up to shake their hands and be like, congratulations. And lo and behold, they were all taller than Mr. Fenton. So this was good because at that time, the observation was, oh, he wants taller, more physical. He, he like likes what the Blues did on their blue line, okay? Okay, so that's, so that's a direction. I get that. Zuccarello turns 32 on September 1st. He is five foot eight. So, what, so th- this all goes back to... Forget the player for a second here. A philosophical question. Like, I could tell you, right or wrong, good or bad, I could tell you what the Vikings, what the Twins, and what the Wolves, God bless them, are trying to do. Now, they might not, now they might not succeed, but I can be like, I'm fairly certain that this is what they're trying to do. I have no idea. To go back to, to last week's show, no, but I'm still entirely confused as to, I mean, the only assumption I can make is that Fenton is trying to rebuild this thing. Leopold is saying, well, we still need to sell tickets, and I want veteran players. And so you literally are doing a, tr- a two-track plan. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like, the Twins got veteran players in for 2019 because they said on one track we can try and win immediately, but the second track is still fine. Yeah. That's young players coming up. The scopes and crones of the world are here a couple years or less, and, and then they're gone. I, but I get it. So I am asking again. What is the Wilds' plan? And if it's what I just explained between the GM and Leopold, how on earth does this make sense? You are sabotaged. You are going to be just good enough to be bad for eternity at this rate. Yeah. The best case scenario is they're going to finish ninth, 10th in the West, and they're going to be stuck in the purgatory, I think, of where they are between the ninth overall pick and the 12th overall pick, right? And I think Leopold has equal amount of blame as we put on Fenton here. And, and I think we're not saying that enough. Right, correct. Because that's a really good – and I got tweeted that, and I, I responded immediately, you're right. We're, we're basically dumping on Fenton because I think fans don't like him. Right. And, and yes, right, he right. holds responsibility here too. But, Declan, your point's a great one. This needs to start being a two-pronged problem that we talk about because we're, we're giving the owner a pass because he wanted to win and wants to win. But when it stops making sense – the adult in the room has to say, Craig, no, you can't be doing this. You, you, need to, you need to divorce yourself from your thoughts previously. And then I don't – so I don't know then if next year they finish again 10th in the West, like does Fenton's leash automatically get tighter and Leopold's like, I don't want this guy? You know, like I, that's where I'm wondering I, – I, I don't know where the team is heading a year from now, especially if they finish with the same record and the same spot in the standings because then – there's going to be, again, a, a power shift of what direction are we trying to go here? Are we trying to vault ourselves back in the postseason? Or are we just trying to get bad stockpile some draft picks and hopefully in three to five years be back to where we should be? It wouldn't shock me at all if, if they go in a new direction if this team 
stinks again next year. And let's be sure that we keep this in context as well. The Wild are making a dumb decision today, as as we've all agreed. There are many NHL organizations making real dumb decisions today with some of the contracts that we're seeing being thrown out in the first hour, hour and a half here in free agency. And what's most puzzling to me about this entire process is not that I, I if players perform, they should be paid. And if, if that, if that's what the parameters are set for what the CBA, those numbers are, I get it. But the fact that the cap, which we just found out what, six days ago, yeah. <laughs> finalized, all of these big-time contracts, like Bobro- Sergey Bobrovsky just saw- signed for $10 million a year in Florida for the next seven years, and he's going to be 31 by the time the season starts. Your your cap went up a mil and a half. Yeah. How are- what is this going to look like five years from now? Because we were staring down at this exact situation five, six years ago, being like, what are we going to do? And everybody is signing these insane deals. And it's if, if you're a player and somebody says, we're going to give you $10 million a year, what are you going to say? No, no, thanks. I don't think this is good for team direction. That's not their job. Right, that's not their job. So like we were just saying before we started taping, we might as well start the lockout today. And the owners can opt out of that CBA this, this fall. season. Yep. This fall. Right? Will, will they? I don't know. Gary's going to do a great job. I'm yeah. sure of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure Gary did. But, but the wild conversation is I just want to know what they're doing. That's literally all I want. I want someone to explain to me. And, and you know what? If it's dumb, just explain it to me. Just be – if Paul Fenton would come out and say, the owner said we got to try and win, I don't personally think we can. So I'm making moves that is trying to serve two people, me and Craig. Then I'd be like, okay, that's really dumb, but I, but I get what you're saying. But just tell me what you're doing. Don't act like, don't act like you're doing something smart when I can tell it's not. So just give me the lowdown. Give me the blueprint. And then we can all be like, okay, I'm still going to watch you. I love the sport, right? Listen to this tweet I just saw from David Amber, who's one of the uh, hosts on Hockey Night in Canada on Sportsnet. NHL teams have spent $512 million in the last two hours on free agents. Or the, well, or the yeah. quote that the GM said, yeah. I'm trying to get rid of some bad contracts so Brilliant. I can sign some, ones, sign some new bad Brilliant. ones tomorrow. You know, like it, Which is an NBA problem, too, except in that league, guess what? They have huge television yeah. contracts as well. Right. Money's coming you can, in. And, you, and, this and it changes doesn't. every six months. The te- and players, they'll sign a contract six months later, like sign and trade somewhere else. And it's quick. And the NHL does not allow that because they have these mo- no-movement clauses, which I think is probably the worst part of this deal with Zuccarello is the no movement but clause. They came out like candy, Lindsay. I, but that's the thing. Why? Why? Do, we didn't learn. Why? We joke. We've been talking about this since because they, the only they, way to get the player is to is to give them these clauses. And instead of being like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing that, they do it. You're just, right. I'm I'm with that's, you. Totally. That's the worst part of the deal. We just went through this with the expansion also, draft with Vegas too. The same thing. So explain this then. In February, when when Fenton made those trades. The Nino trade in January is a terrible trade. And yep. I get that. But, but let's just but let's just forget it for one second. Um, but the Donato trade, the Fiala trade, trades that a lot of fans objected to. And at the time, I'm like, well, hey, it's his show. And I believe at that time he said, we're trying to get uh, bigger, faster, and younger for sure. I saw a, a cap-friendly tweet today that said going into the start of free agency at 11 Central this morning, the Wild was now the oldest team again in the league at nearly 30, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, everything you said in February, you're now defeating and and a, thir- a soon-to-be 32-year-old Matt Zuccarello doesn't help that, Declan. A, a, a two-part of that, Wild PR quote tweeted that tweet and said, actually, it's 276 just just to save a little face there, I think that was kind of comical. Accuracy matters, people. But here's here's what really frustrates me is, like Judd said, we have these young players that we required and Donato and Fiala and, and whatnot, and 
Now, because of these log jams at forward, there's a chance these guys like Cunning and Greenway and Donato are gonna, could start in the minors. You're exactly and right, And that Declan. infuriates me. I don't want them to play in Iowa. And, and, you know, they sent them down for playoff and experience. I was against that, but I, I do understand why they did that. But if you're going to send the young kids that were supposed to be the future of the wild to Iowa, lame. Dude. You are I, exactly I right. I don't want to have to deal with that. I, I would hope that this team would not do, do that. Like, we, we can debate the uh, Greenway and Donato going to Iowa yep. for the playoffs. Like, sure. like, we could just debate yep, that, we and can that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you might say it was a great idea. I might say yep. it was terrible. It's all preference. Both of us aren't right. No. But – if any of those young guys that you just brought up, if any of them, and I don't know this at all for a fact, if any of them don't see substantial ice time with the wild with the next right year, people too, absolutely with the right people. And I'm not talking on the fourth line, exactly. not being used a lot. I'm exactly. not talking about, you know, Jordan Greenway, go out there with Eric fair and have some fun. Mm-hmm. Jordan Greenway needs to be a top six guy. Exactly. Cunning, I think should be a top. Mm-hmm. Six. I mean, when Miko Koivu comes back, he should be your third line center. Right. If if you're going to force stall on on the first line, I I would debate that that's a bad idea. But again, it, that's a debate. To me, on on Koivu, there's no debate there. And your Especially second coming line, back from injury. Yes, and your second well, and your second line center yep. is Cunning. Yep. He's a better player, and I know he's he might not be as polished right now, mm-hmm. but as far as your future goes, he's a more important player easily. Declan, that, that your both of your points are so spot on because. With the younger player development, we have drafted. We we've had trouble developing the talent that we've drafted and keeping it. What was the big problem with Charlie, with Nino, with Granlin, with Zucker? Is that early on in their development, they were relegated towards those lower lines on the team, or a lot of them tended to float between the AHL affiliate and the, and the NHL. Jason Zucker being that probably the most active out of that group. That entire just process that 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 shuffling that that. That road that they chose to take with developing those players did not work. And this didn't happen 10 years ago. This is like four or five years ago. By, like you said, Declan, log jamming, you're taking away those minutes and situations. Because if you think that you're going to sign Matt Zuccarello and have Parisi and Suter and Stahl and whatever else and, and paying them the, the amount of money that they are and you're just going to say you're not getting power play time and you're not going to be in first and se- second line, what are you doing here? They have to play because they're the ones being paid to play in those positions. So not only are you shorting yourself on the actual salary cap, but you're shorting the development of all these players that you did a lot of work and sold pretty low on some of your good pieces to acquire and you you're shorting them their development, which could have much longer repercussions, longer than than any sort of cap problems that they're that they're causing for themselves. They're repeating history right in front of our eyes. So, so a secondary question then that that I have that you guys are both sort of touching on here too is, and I know people are, are going to be like, well, it's obvious, Judd, but why did you fire Chuck Fletcher? Like what is what's what's being done here? Besides, you're rearranging the duck the deck chairs on the Titanic a bit with player names. But like, why did you? If the mandate was the same, which is win now or try and win now and make the playoffs, uh, and just try your best. Like the Wilds' philosophy, I think is well. Look at the Blues. Look at what the Blues did. But if you had a hockey person go in and explain what the Blues did, the Wild would say, "Oh yeah, we're not doing that." But they're looking at that, but I think Craig looks at that, and it's like, well, look what the Blues on January 3rd were the worst team in hockey. And it's a great story. But if you look at what broke right for, for the Blues and the fact that Ryan O'Reilly is one of the great, you know, Buffalo completely screwed up by trading him, but they're nowhere close to being that team. And, and so 
I literally go back to, well, Chuck was a nice enough guy, and he meant well, and he didn't purposely screw up, but he got, but he, so did he take the fall for basically Craig's actions, which is try and win, try and win, try and win. A little bit. I think. And House Fenton yeah. going to be different. And, you know, I think Fletcher, Fletcher was always so aggressive at trade deadlines and traded away young assets, and, and those were questionable at the time, but you understood why he did it because the Wild needed some type of move and some type of player acquisition to get them into the postseason. Uh, and I think he just he played those cards too much, and eventually they realized a change had to be made. I think that's what costed Fletcher his job. I don't think Fletcher's a bad GM, but, no, but the ha- but, but the, the Hansel trade was terrible correct. and didn't work. Yeah, but it was he was basically doing what he was told to do. Correct. So that but but that's my point is Fenton's now being told it appears to do the same thing, just do it differently, and so he's trying to do his own thing while signing, as LB said, a, a veteran winger who. Evidently is a great guy and club or locker room guy, which is all great. Mm-hmm. But you're just repeating the mistakes over and o- over again. And you're doing it with a different person. But if the boss remains the same and the mandate doesn't change, nothing's ever going to change. Right. I'd much rather see a top six line or a, or a line of Cunning, Greenway and Fiala getting big time minutes than having to see Zucker, Stahl, Parisi just kicking tires here because we, we had them signed to long-term contracts. I'd much rather see these young guys get minutes and get exposure now instead of setting down to Iowa where the AHL team finally has excelled a little bit. They played really well last year. There's good players that you could funnel in right now. I don't see any point to sending a guy like Ryan Donato, who was basically one of your best players after he was acquired for the Wild, down there just because, well, he didn't show up to camp ready to go and end because we have 12 forwards for nine players. At some point, there's going to be a diminishing return for sending guys down to regain their confidence down the AHL or otherwise. You send guys down there so they learn how to dominate the game and and show themselves, in addition to the organization, that... They're not only ready to play it in the show, but they're, they have the confidence that they can take over a game if they need to. Now, that doesn't always happen. If you're skating third, fourth line, you're not going to take over the game, obviously, very often. But if you keep doing that, if Greenway and Donato weren't really huge fans of being sent down there for the playoffs last year before all this happened, how do you think that's going to be received once the regular season starts this year when they've been told for months you're going to be part of this plan? By the way, you might have to spend some time down there in Iowa, about, which is fine. How about like, Zucker? <laughs> you're, he's here now. He's here. Point time, he's here. He's here. No, I know, but he knows. He knows he's beyond smiling. a shadow of a doubt mm-hmm. that they don't want him. Pretty much that his boss, his bosses, don't want him. But this is this is the net, the net first few months of the season. Jason Zucker is going to come out, and he's going to. It's going to be what it was two years ago. He's going to come out with a fire under his ass and be like, prove it. Yeah. And it's going to be great because he's going to reestablish his value. Yep. And then Fenton will probably trade him away one because they they have lives. to. But one problem: who gets him the puck? Like Eric Stahl looked, look, I mean, God bless him, 42 goals, right? Yeah, maybe he's better. Put him better. on line with Eck and, and Zuccarello. I know, he maybe. might actually get he, that, that line actually Well, you know what? And if they things. did that, God bless him. Ah, I'd like to see that. If they if they make if they make Stahl the second line, or no, heck, you know what? Go Eck, Cunning, Stahl, Koivu. Yeah. They have to move someone still, don't they? They I think, have to. They would, I think he desperately they still would, wants to move Jason, don't Obviously love to move Zucker. They would love to get rid of the RAS contract just for, for salary reasons. And but other than those two, besides the ones that we've already exhausted to, yeah. to the point, there has to be, just like like we said, based on bodies, there has to be somebody moved. Who yeah, no, you're move? not wrong. Yeah, there's, there's, nine, there's nine forward spots, and there's basically 12 guys that could all very well, you can make cases for, should be on the NHL roster, should be in your top nine. You'd have to give up one of the young guys that you just signed. And that's, you that's have to because what I oh. 
don't understand the direction uh, okay. of where things are going. Next guy. Yes, he's a right-handed shot. Oh, thank God. Winger Ryan Hartman has been added to the mix that Declan was just talking about. Two-year, $3.8 million deal. He only turns 25 on September 20th. He's not an old man. So he's a fetus. Had uh, 12 goals and 14 assists in 83 combined games last year with Nashville and Philadelphia. He was traded to the Flyers by the uh, by the Predators in the Wayne Simmons deal. What does he slot in as, probably? I think this is pretty much Marcus Foligno clone, right? I mean, this yeah. is a guy that is a really good bottom six forward. When he played with Chicago and they like Quenville tried to make him a top six guy, and he just wasn't that guy. He just wasn't talented enough to be a. He top was also six in the post cup Blackhawks, which yeah. were not fun to watch. No, for they the weren't. Couple of years, but so, I do think he's a really good role player, and I I, I have no problem giving him a chance and letting and him a be contract. a bottom six. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. contract, and it's and if it's this is the type it, of guy that it's I a actually it deal. Like, I actually like this. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a fine deal. Yep. I, I have no problem with him playing bottom six minutes and being a responsible two way forward. The best part of my research on Hartman, because I don't know a ton about him, is when I was watching some of the highlight videos that one of the first clips came up. It was him skating in a in a in the defensive zone of a Minnesota Wild team that was slowly, slowly retreating back into his their own crease to screen Devin Dubnik where he scores on a kind of a tipsy doodle shot down low. I was like, that's that's a hell was of a Was that in Nashville? Uh no, it was when he was with Chicago. Okay. But that's a it, I was like, that's a hell of an image just to start up right off the bat. And I agree with you guys. Great, awesome! It's it's a short term deal. It's not that much money. He adds some grit to this lineup, which it des- desperately needs. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. That's great. But this is this is if we made these de- if we had two deals for every one deal we had with Zuccarello, we'd be in a much different boat. But the problem is, is that the ratio is the other way around. We sign two bad contracts for every decent one. So what what are the top uh, two lines? Right now, then that not not what we think they're going to be, but what or not what we would do, but what we think they're going to do. Well, you're gonna have stall, stall probably Zucker with Zucker and Parisi, maybe. No, nah, I think Parisi's probably second line, right? Second line, because I, I bet it goes. I bet Declan's right. I bet it's Zucker, Stall, Zuccarello on the first line. That, that's gonna be a mouthful for Bob Kurtz. Koivu, and then second line will be yeah. They'll, let's they'll just say Koivu. Koivu comes back for training camp and like Fiala and Parisi. Yeah, and Fiala and Parisi, and then put Donato. So who plays where then? Parisi plays. Parisi gets the right or the left wing in that case. And Fiala, you try and play. On I'm the... not going to entertain the handedness conversation. And Fiala didn't. And Fiala though isn't comfortable. I don't think he's comfortable uh, on his off wing, which is why Zuccarello is an important signing because he actually is comfortable playing on his off wing. That's a good. Yeah, that's true. And then Cunning is your third line, and Eck is your fourth line center. See. The... Where, where are all these players going to play? That's what I, I know. Don't, that's, that's, that's what we're the, trying to figure out right now. We're trying to do. July first, baby. And I, I would rather have seen. So Wayne Simmons gets a one-year, five million dollar deal in New Jersey, right? Yes. Brilliant. I would have. There's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, in my opinion. There is no such thing as a bad one-year deal, and I would have much rather seen. All right, Wayne Simmons. Let's see if you fit here, and if it doesn't work, we'll send you off. And again they were in February. talking to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And right now, like, yeah, your your top two centers in Koivu and Stahl, who are on the wrong side of 30, one who's coming off an ACL injury, and one who had a very con- confusing lost season, and then your other centers are pretty much up in the air right now. Like, you don't know if Joel Erickson Eck is going to play center. I mean, he looks like he is, but you don't know. I think you need, I think Cunnan and Eck need to play there. Yeah. And yes. then, and Cunnan, then, Cunnan should get every single opportunity to be possible. a center. 
every single. Yes. Yes. Every single. Absolutely. I'd rather I'd much rather see Cunnan with Prezan Fiala than Koivu with Prezan Fiala. I'd much rather see Cunnan with Zuccarello and Zucker to be sure. totally. I I want I want to put all my eggs in the basket with with Cunnan and making sure that his development is first and foremost out of this enti- that entire young group. But whether or not that will actually come to fruition remains to be seen. Okay, so we're, we are recording this podcast at, uh, it is one twenty-five right now, Central Time, and Lynn's um, free agency opened at 11 a.m. And off the uh, mic, we were talking about the spending going on. So give us, give us uh, some of the highlights, and then we can react to the contracts that are being doled out as the National Hockey League speeds towards its next work stoppage because the owners can't contain themselves. Nope, too excited. Uh, big fish, obviously, of the the year, and there's a lot of speculation around Artemi Panarin's uh, destination. We talked a little bit about his possible connection to Colorado in our podcast last week. Um, the Islanders were being reported as big-time players for him like two days ago, and then the, the Blue Jackets, late before the midnight deadline hit in which they could offer him an eighth year, threw something at him where it was like $12.5 million per year. But he has decided to go along – with the blue shirts in New York City with the Rangers signing a deal worth $81.5 million for seven years with an $11.6 million average annual value. I believe he's 25. Okay, so it's not. 26. So it's a huge contract, but at least he's not going to be 39 when it comes to Correct. its conclusion. This is true. It's a okay. lot of dough, but I, I would be okay. I'm more okay with that than I am with a lot of the He's other the biggest free agent of this class. Yeah, I can't I, I, It makes sense, and he's much. going to the Rangers. Yes. So would you expect anything less from the Rangers, who no. are, pre- are pretty much writing the book on how to quickly turn around an organization within a year and a half? And I'd love to see them be good. I, yeah, it's fun absolutely. if they're good. So and no complaints there. His rumored uh, trade, well, not trade, free agent partner, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, who, who played goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets for basically his entire career, has signed with the Florida Panthers for seven years with ten million dollars a year, that's and an he's F. thirty. That's a that's an F grade. Contract. That is an F minus Joel Quenville. Even though I know you have had no control over what the, what the hell that seems ten mil for well, a goalie at, at that age too. I mean, I'm all for the tendies breaking the bank. Yeah, that'd I'm be, all for that's it. your position. And there there is something to be said. Like we like I've said before, goalies develop later and therefore have a longer shelf life than most players. But Barofsky's not exactly a guy who doesn't have a ton of miles on him. Right. And you're going down to a team that isn't necessarily known for its defensive prowess. Sure. So you're going to see a few shots when you're down in Florida as they're trying to work through their A3 build in six years. So that's a ton of money for a long time, and I'm still confused on why they would sign him to that with Spencer Knight in the uh, – in the pipeline, well, yeah. maybe, oh, maybe there's true. another deal. And they just drafted Spencer. That's Knight. what I'm saying. And, and you know what that that is? That contract? That's a contract for a player who doesn't give a damn if he wins a cup. Yeah, he yes. wants. The Panarin contract, I I actually don't mind that. No, he and left money on the after, table. And that's after a And he's after a cup. Yep. You know what, Pavelski, which I'm sure you'll get to, after a cup. Fine no question it. about it. Bob ain't after a cup. No. Okay. No. So he signed for ten million for. And like when the former years. goaltender disparages the contract, you it's know bad. you got a it, problem, and it makes you appreciate Dubnik's contract. Yeah, even which though. was team friendly to begin with, yeah. but it looks like peanuts at this point. Great. Um, Matt Duchesne, who has long rumored to be connected to the Nashville Predators, is signing with the Nashville Predators seven years, fifty six million dollars, which it's about eight. That's about seven, almost eight. I million mean. Dollars, I think. Uh, Considering what the free agent class he's is, 30, he's around thirty, or is he? He's twenty-seven. Okay, That's, twenty-seven or twenty-eight. I, you know what? Not a terrible contract. 
a lot, but not a terrible. It's crazy contract. how much his know, stock has changed in the last year and a half. But it's, it's rever- yeah, it's reversed yeah, itself now. It's very weird. It was high. And, it wasn't. And then Colorado, it wasn't. And then Colorado disparaged him and traded him yeah. to Ottawa, and and then he Rotted. was ripping the assistant coach in the Uber in Phoenix, that, right? That video was amazing. But then he got traded to Columbus, and I thought Did rehabilitated really well. himself. But that's not a terrible contract. It's not. It's just I find that his whole that his saga very interesting on how it's very feast or famine where he's a cancer in the locker room yeah. and then all of a sudden we're signing him to a near max deal. He's, he, I think he's I think he takes a lot of crap more than he should. He's incredibly talented. He mm-hmm. scares me a bit though because I don't know like if how how much of the narrative about him is true. I don't know. I don't think he's an he's the guy either. I think he needs players around sure. him to and that's I think that was pretty obvious considering how much he did produce in the playoffs this year which is the only time he's ever produced but he just happened to be on a power play with Panarin and got and all sure. the other good players that that the um, Blue Jackets don't had. hate it though nope uh Joe Pavelski who the wild were apparently after but uh, let's be honest he people no he said hard pass to the to yeah. the, to send the Twin video, Cities send a video package though. he said no thanks to Wisconsin his hometown state just ever so close he's signing a three-year deal with the Dallas Stars for seven million dollars per year which that's a lot of money okay. for a 35-year-old man. But, but it's a chase the cup win now contract. Yeah, like it, it is. Like like it's not a 3-year like it's a 3-year contract but it's not it's a 3-year contract. It's not. It's not. And I'm sure that it's it's heavily loaded towards bonuses, if uh, you signing were, bonuses and whatnot. That's still a lot of money. If the Wild was better and and th- they did that contract, yeah. I think we we would say go for it. Yeah. Correct. So I don't have a huge Correct. problem there because they're going for it. Two years ago, I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Two well, years ago, it two years have ago, this would have contract. a five-year yeah. at least at type least. of term. Yes. Um, obviously, just to remind everyone, Eric Carlson did resign a week and a half ago. Eight years, ninety-two million dollars with the San Jose Sharks. Just uh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you on that nope, one. Nope, nope. And then, as we already previously mentioned, Wayne Simmons, one year, five million dollars uh, with the New Jersey Devils to kind of attempt to re- uh, resurrect his career. Do you mind with- that one? Love it, love it. Like you love said, it. one year deal. Yeah. Devils are making moves. I'm, I might be adopting them as my East Coast team. I love what the well, New Jersey you got. Devils what are doing. now? You got Jack Hughes. You got Taylor Hall, Hall. Hall coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they traded for. Subban, which should be Nico Hershey, which should be Hershier, great. Yeah, whatever who, his name who, is, who can now be their uh, second center. Yep. Yeah. No. And one year. How and then, crazy! But, but again, in Wayne's case, good for him. He's chasing yep. a cup. Yeah. Yes. I like it when people chase cups. I love the fact that Pavelski told. I like when players chase no. cups, not GMs. Oh yeah, no, no, but but I love what, right. what Pavelski did. I think is fantastic. Yeah. If which if, is you know what. I'd be close to home playing for the Wild, and it might be fun, but you ain't chasing a cup. If and if Corey Schneider's back to his game, they had they had that's a, a big bunch if, of though. It's a big if, and they that's had a like big if. they had a lot of who's that other goalie that they had last year? They who had was... Keith Kincaid, who just signed with Montreal for a year, and, okay. and the, but they traded him to Columbus or Colorado, like yes. towards the trade deadline, which was weird. But he, had, he, we watched him play when they when they were in town a couple times last year or the time, and I was actually pretty impressed with the Kincaid character. Uh, Kyle uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is the other twenty two year old kid that's who, who got of. who had twenty two starts last year and played admirably. So the last big, or not the last big fish, but the biggest fish that still remains is our very hometown, yeah. homegrown boy, Anders Lee, who basically it was reported that once Panarin's deal drops, that's when his serious negotiations start, which makes sense because he was probably yeah. the next person up behind Panarin in terms of getting a big long-term contract with a with a ton of money and some people are saying he can command up to nine million dollars and i'm like i saw ah! that today and that and that that again is a lockout a type of contract of that's a lockout type that's of contract because that is that is a lot 
Now, do do we think that he might be going back to the island or not? Because it seems like if he was for sure that that deal would have been agreed to over the weekend at the latest. So right. this is an, an interesting one to me. And and if he's not going back there, does he try and chase a cup somewhere, or d- does he take a seven year huge deal and be like, bleep it, man, I'm rich now? I think he comes to the Central and it's Colorado or Chicago. Really? I think it's one of those two teams. I think he's the one piece that pushes them over. Wow. I I think he's coming to the Central Division, and Colorado has still has the money to spend and really hasn't spent any of it. Yeah. So, tried to Panarin, so that's a, but yeah, they're being right. smart yeah. though. So yeah, I I, well run. I think he's coming to the Central. <laughs> I could see him coming to the Central, but at this point, because the Islanders have struck out on Panarin and, and haven't really signed any of these other big-time players, which th- they've been looking to, I think that they, they are probably the front-runner for re-signing him. And he, based on these numbers and based on the fact that they haven't been able to sign anybody else, he could they could be overpaying for him. So were, were the Islanders putting him on hold while they pursued Panarin, and now I that they so. didn't get Panarin, can deviate some of that cash yeah. towards uh Lee? Yeah, I think so. And I think... In the long run, that's a better play for that organization in general. But I just don't how I don't know how you sell it where you lose your second your your captain for the second year in a row, and you've struck out on all the other free agents that you were chasing. You, you have to get and someone. That's Lou, and that's Lou. Lou. Lou does not take Lou, Lou doesn't well Lou doesn't Lou doesn't like being idle. Period. No. So and and I think and they're and, and they have a good team. They and they, Robin Leonard's still out there, and there's still a lot of good players. Jake Gardner's still out there. Patrick Maroon is still out there. You know, there's a, still a lot of really good players that aren't going to be like franchise changers in any way, shape, or form, but are definite really good support staff depending on what team they're going to. If the if the Wild instead of signing Zuccarello had signed Lee to a contract, aggressively pursued him and signed him, what type of contract? Would you have been comfortable with terms-wise for a player who's from here, That's a good question. who's younger, who because he, he's still mm-hmm. who could potentially be a captain? Oh my gosh, Miko might not be captain. It's honorable C. Who who is who plays wing? But I still contend. He I think you could move him. Yep. So, but the point being is a very good young player who has proven himself. What type of contract? Deck, start with you. Okay. Would you have been comfortable with going to Lee if you were Paul Fenton and just as importantly, probably more importantly, Craig Leopold? Well, you know I love being assistant GM and handing out moves. Uh, so Yay! he turns 29 in two days. So he's going to be 29 years old on July 3rd. Okay. I would be comfortable giving him a five-year deal, probably near $45 million. And that's a lot of dough. Complete no move? No, I, 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 I can't. I just I don't do no movement clauses. I think I bow out now if they don't get as, as assistant general manager Declan Goff. I don't do no movement clauses. Sorry, dude. That's not how this works. I like how you think. And I would I would give him five, and I give him nine million. I give him nine million average annual value. That's a lot for of, five years. For five years, so he's a free agent at thirty four, and and he's play and like Judd said, I do think you can move him to center, and if he can be a center and an effective one. Well, then I just solved two problems at once. I have a, a legitimate number one center. I have a bunch of wings around him. I would, I would give him that contract. Yeah, it's tough because I'm not exactly a numbers person by any, by any shape or form, so it's tough for me to really try to put this into hypotheticals with, with the cap space, but I would rather go less term with more money, and, I, and, that, and that's kind of what we've always said, and I think that's why a lot of the deals that we end up saying, oh, this is a good deal, uh, that they end up being shorter with more money and, and the bad deals being long-term with uh, lesser. I, I Five years, I would like. I don't think you he would sign anything for less than five. I, I think you could say maybe six and then give him, say, like, instead of going 
nine, just say eight with a couple more bonus incentives and me. And I'd rather do that because it's at this point, you're not going to be anywhere in six years. So it's just like, just compound it. They, they keep compounding mistakes as it is. So at that point, so that would match up. It, just yeah, it just and just right. call it as it is. It's this is this is a ploy to try to get butts in the seats and have a hometown kid and try to maybe make the playoffs and try to make some noise. But to have any expectations beyond making the playoffs and maybe winning a couple games in the first round, I just don't see how Anders or Zuccarello or any of these players could really do anything with this roster. It's not the the players aren't the problem. It's the roster construction. All right, unless there's more that's come across your Twitter timeline or stories, Linz, we are uh, done for, for this podcast. If something major happens on Tuesday, we shall reconvene. Yes, we will. Yeah. If, if, they, if the Wild does uh, something besides today, my guess is they won't at this point now with the Zuccarello signed and what Hartman, I said, was signed to a two-year um, – $3.8 million deal. So anyway, say goodbye, Lindsay. Well, before that, we have to, if you have your thoughts on the trades or thoughts that you think the Wild should have made or not made, you should definitely tell us on Twitter. I'm at LindsayBrown35. Judd, what's your handle? Jay Zolgad. At Jay Zolgad, yeah. And then Z-U-L-G-A-D. I type it in every day. And so at Dex Tweets with an S at the end of Dex and Tweets. Bye! Bye.